Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. Today, we are talking all about people and democratization, specifically how to champion and collaborate with key stakeholders to enable effective business change. Now, to chat all things people, we have invited Alwyn Thomas, who's the head of data strategy from the Financial Times, to join us. If you've not had the pleasure of meeting Alwyn, just a few intro facts to get you up to speed. Alwyn has been with the Financial Times since June 2021, so not really much time at all. But prior to the FT, Alwyn has worked within a number of brands, including Clyde Co., Eureka Data and the Bank of Ireland as well. Now, if you can't find Alwyn at his work desk, you'll most likely find him in a pub or coffee shop catching up with people. Alwyn, lovely to see you today. Hello, how are you, Catherine? I am doing good. Well, I, I think that intro there uh, sets the tone. If you're a people type person, I'm glad that we're talking about people with you. Um, but I know that you're actually joining me uh, in this podcast right now from your garden office. Have you always had one or is this a COVID creation? Uh, it is a creation, uh, not particularly driven by COVID. It just happened side by side. By side. So um, it was something I was working on then COVID arrived. And uh, initially just a shed, then a multi-purpose room, and then it's been kitted out just to be my my office. So the, the people who get to, to see me on, on calls, um, they get to see my, uh, my bookshelf, my data books, and my interests around rugby and Welsh sports personalities. Uh, they're, they're my kind of thing. So this, I'm in my garden shed, yes, you're right, my garden <laughs> office. Not sure what the right term should be. <laughs> we'll go with garden office garden shed makes it sound like you've been uh, expelled out of the house um <laughs> but i absolutely love that and i think it's quite interesting we're, we're talking about people here today of course and i think what the homeworking element has allowed for is kind of that personalization of kind of your personalities as you mentioned you can see the the rugby element the welsh element there that starts up a conversation obviously as you know i live in wales as well so you're able to build a bit of rapport which i think is is a nice silver lining side to to the pandemic which perhaps we weren't able to do in an office environment where some organizations have policies where you're not allowed to bring in kind of your own things to the office because they want it kept neat and tidy yeah um but i've always had on my desk there's always things which uh people understand about me so it's my rugby my welshness my my data books and and data books and books people can borrow uh when when i did have a desk sat in an office uh that that was, that was always the case so if somebody had a question and there was a a book or a reference I'd make, then they could always, always borrow it. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's about the people. And I think that there's a bit of a balance there. It's been good to uh, get to know people in their own environment. But I, I think we've been very careful as individuals and organisations to support each other as well. So that, that for me has been something really important. And it's quite nice now being able to go back into the office. Although uh, the, the balance is I now have to get on a train and you have to wear the mask for longer and, and those sort of elements. But yeah, it, it's good to get back in the office and meet those people. 
Absolutely. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. And I mean, set the scene for me, Alan, when it comes to that, that very, very typical people process and technology comment, you really are, I believe that people need to be the front of that sentence, that they're the most important element. Why is that for you? Well, the key thing for me is that the people and the people sit in, in different teams and different uh, interests. If you don't have the people, then your technology and your process aren't going to work. If the processes are there, people need to define them. People need to be engaged to define them. Uh, and if people don't use them, then the, the, the process is pointless. Um, so it's really important. And, that, and that's why the people, both the people developing it, the people who need to use it, they, they need to be talking to each other. They need to work together. And they need to understand and appreciate why, why there's process, why technology choice was taken. If they do, if, if people don't understand, then they don't buy in um, and then it becomes potentially becomes a blocker or just a, a, a lack of cohesion. So we're not all trying to move forwards together. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I, I love the fact you draw on it that it may not just be a blocker, but the fact that they might go in a different direction. And then you, the, the visual appears of herding cats for me where you've got people running in different directions. Now, I know that you've told me before that people have their own agendas and that is incredibly true. So you think of the finance team are going to have very different KPIs to say the marketing team. And as you mentioned, we want to bring everyone onto that journey together so they're not all going in different directions with, with what we're, we're working on. So how do you, in your department, speak to each of these functions, perhaps differently? Do you speak to them differently um, to, to ensure you've got that buy-in so that people understand what they need to do, but also that they're all walking in the, the same direction as well? Thank you, Catherine. I think just the, your term, people have their own agenda, sounds very political, but the people don't go out to uh, do something on their own agenda to uh, to not follow my agenda, for example. But yeah, it, it's yeah, I do need to speak to people differently, and I think I think one of the key differences where you have a technology team and a business team, and they don't appreciate the challenges and the priorities and the benefits each team are trying to provide. Um, the business might go, well, can you simplify? Can you dim down the technology uh, speak so that we can better understand that that makes sense. But then it's also on the other side, you have somebody who's a, a, an engineer on the technology side and, and they mightn't fully appreciate what you know a, a team is trying to achieve from a business, how they engage with the customer, what they want to understand about the, the customer better so they can better provide uh, a service or content uh, for that customer. So it is really important, and, and, and for me, um, it's uh, a term I use, bank violent, walking walk in somebody's shoes. You've got to understand what they do day to day, what their challenges are. Um, I saw a lovely post actually on LinkedIn where somebody joined Deliveroo, Deliveroo working on strategy, but actually they took a day on the bike delivering Deliveroo to, to really work that, you know, walk a mile in their shoes that, that this person has done that and I thought that was really content so apologies I didn't note the name um, but it is important that you understand and then also you can build build trust if I understand and I understand the business problem because that's what I want to focus on how can I uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a data strategist be able to uh, advise them on, on, a, on a journey on a roadmap which will help them hopefully address those those business problems or challenges and really uh, enable them to take the right decisions to, to move forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting you draw on that example, because I do know many organisations do really encourage that. Um, in fact, one of one of our regular contributors, Matt Lovell, who's just uh, over the last few months moved to Pratamange, his first week wasn't actually in the data office at all. It was actually in one of the uh, one of the shops making coffees, making sandwiches, understanding that process, because at the end of the day, it's those people who the decisions in the data uh, office are going to impact and having that understanding of uh, why things are done a certain way or why things wouldn't work. And I think it's really interesting, as you say, to walk in those shoes to understand that um and i think is is this something that that's fairly new for you i'm, I'm going to kind of ask this to you alwyn as, as a entire career type question what you've noticed that the data team are being encouraged to go into the business far more than they ever were or is that not a fair comment to make and that they've always kind of been integrated into the business because from my perspective it seems to be that organizations are encouraging the data teams to really get involved with the business to really understand uh that the impacts they're making yeah it is more it's becoming more evident now that that's been asked and it, it works both ways so um when i was at bank of ireland we initiated on, on the grad program that a grad would do one of their cycles with the data team so they could then set up their own access they could understand the data where it came from what it did uh, and to, using tools such as tableau so that when they finished their grad rotation they could go to a product team and they could actually then, oh, I know what the data is, I know what it means, I know how to use it. And then they could they they added real value immediately when when they sat in the savings team or a, or, or a personal loans team to understand the data. So it's it, it's something I'm back to the people element uh, and, and the mentality. So a marketing person will think quite differently to a data engineer. So who's got the right answer? Well, for me, if you have diverse people, they will develop a better solution um because they, they'll come at it from different angles but they need to they need to work on it together it, it's not okay engineer take away the problem come back with a solution it's okay well here's something which we we may need to do and uh, marketing micro well actually yeah i one if they understand they might agree uh, and if they, if they do understand they might go actually i need to do that slightly differently so um it is really important to have that diversity in the people, but that embedding so the data team understands the business, but you also need business to understand the data. And that's for me is one of the things, you know, for a number of years, making that data available, making the information available to the people who use it day in, day out. You know, gone are the days when you had, oh, uh, here's a request. Uh, okay, let's find the data, let's create the report, let's provide a dashboard, and then they can take a decision. Because what you want is when uh, when the business has a question, when they get the answer, you'd want them to have another question. So you don't want that slow pipeline of, well, it's going to take two weeks to get a report back to you. You want them to be able to use um, and access the data. Uh, and, and that for me, um, well, we talk a lot about innovation, but for me, the innovation is, is the individuals and the teams using that to understand what's going on, but also feeding back to say, actually, there's something else I need. So you, you, you do the heavy lifting within your data team, within your engineering, yeah. so that the right data either connected, like we're coming from, um, we're a lot more connected now than we used to be. So where you used to have lots of teams, lots of silos, it's we've been breaking down those barriers over a number of years. And in some places it works really well and there's some more work to be done in other places but it's it's a challenge i think but it's fair to say we all have 
so that, that that's really important to me yeah and I'm, I'm really excited that you touch on the the innovation side because it was something I, I did want to to ask you and kind of pull that thread because you know over your over your career you've got so much um different and diverse experience and I, i'm keen to know for, for for now kind of looking ahead for the next year as well what are the other key innovations that you think organizations are going to be capitalizing on um from from your experience in the in the different industries you've been involved in i think the over the next 12 months and, and, and they're continually changing and there's advances in technology and i don't want to be just an advocate of saying that technology is going to solve everything because i know it doesn't um, but some of the technological changes are, are quite innovative and being able to then connect data which you might have already connected because there's a real opportunity to bring in data to enrich or connect to data you didn't know you could connect to so there, there, there's more and more products and i'm always looking at you know what tools are out there what's changing you know partnerships such as tableau and looker which was one that i noticed that what was it four or or six weeks ago um you know that, that that's really exciting and you're like oh wow aren't they both in the same space that's quite different but when you actually get into the detail you understand why and you go actually that benefits both looker and, and benefits tableau and it's it's one of those symbiotic relationships i want that symbiotic relationship between finance and data you know and, and and between marketing and other parts of the business they have that really strong relationship so you know, I, i'm always trying to build that so the the innovative piece for me is understanding how we can help uh help make that data available the the, the people use the the term the, the the window or the pane of glass into the data so you can see what's going on but it's really important to understand it so i think some of the real tools for me help the business understand and help the business annotate what it actually means for them because in in lots of organizations i've been in technological world i've written definitions for that data but it's definitions from a very technical standpoint and the business probably understand that but they might say it in a different way and it's really important for, to have that captured so if we make it easy for the business say well i use this data in this way and this is what it means to me and this is where i use it then that's going to speed up the, the the innovation the ability to query data and potentially join that data so we can uh, add value for the businesses which is our, our prime objective delivering that on that business strategy absolutely it's cutting through that that data jargon right going straight into the heart of the storytelling as to that value proposition why is this important to you why am i telling you this and what you're going to gain out of from understanding and collaborating now you mentioned something at the start of your answer there alwyn which i want to kind of dig it dig a little bit deeper on is the fact that technology data analytics it's a very exciting space and as you mentioned it changes so so rapidly do you, given that we're talking about people in, in, in respect culture here, do you ever experience any pushback in, in any of your previous roles where people are almost fed up of how much it changes? I know it can be very different, difficult for other departments to kind of keep up because the data space, as I mentioned, changes so rapidly. Have you experienced that type of pushback or are people most mostly quite receptive of, of the changes and the innovations that, that we experience? um it's it's a mixture of both and there's probably extremes where you have a product and it keeps evolving it keeps changing it means there's more training there's more education needed um and some people thrive on that 
but the other end of the scale, they go, well, I've just learned that, and now you're telling me I need to do something differently. So it becomes really frustrating. Um, and for me, it's about trying to partner those up so you don't have groups or, or little islands of, of people who are finding it frustrated and difficult to keep up you know, with, with the people who, who find it exciting and new and want to get involved. Um, it's somewhere where the continual change, um, what, what, what's the term? The only constant is that change will happen, you know, so uh, it's going to change. It's are you in control and, and what do you want to do to influence that change in a positive way? So that you're 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 thinking ahead, and, and and my role, you know, is strategy. is very much trying to be a step ahead. Um, I'm not a great chess player, um, but you know, it's that strategy of going, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Then your opposition is going to do something different. Then I'm going to have to re respond to that. But have I set myself up to be able to respond to that? You know, relatively quickly. Agile is a is a real buzzword. It's used in in many contexts, but it's having that ability to respond and be able to understand what are, what we are currently doing as a business and what is the right decision? What are the options? What's the right decision for us to move mm. forward on this? Amazing. So now our, our, our conversation here today, our one's been quite macro and I'm keen to get into the micro because I know you have a particularly good example of people, culture, strategy, building that collaboration all in one, because I know you've got a very good relationship with your head of data governance, and I'm keen to explore a bit how you think this relationship's enabled you to see success so far, because I know uh, not everyone listening will have the same relationship you've, you've fostered here, so I'm, I'm keen to dig into that a bit deeper, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think it's been very well facilitated. It, it's not something I initiated. It's We are both reporting into the same manager, um, so uh, and Andy and myself, Andy's, Andy's come in as, as head of data governance. I'm head of data strategy for the Financial Times. We both started around the same time. Uh, he was a couple of weeks ahead, so he was my he was my buddy, my uh, my starting buddy when I when I started. So any questions I were to Andy anyway. Um, but again, with understanding, he has a very good strategic view as well. He's good experience in data. But he is obviously looking at things from a from a, a data governance point of view, and you know wants to doesn't want to stifle innovation, but wants to have the right tools, you know, empower individuals to look at what they need to do from a data governance point of view, data quality, what things should we consider, uh, and I'm there going right, okay, well that's good in the short term. We also need strategically in the long term, we need to make sure data quality is, is correct at source. So. We, we we bounce a lot of things off each other um we're probably similar in many elements and and we come from things in a different way when we discuss but again i understand where he's coming from he understands where i'm coming from and and we're, we're very open uh with each other if i don't understand i will i'll say i don't understand why why you would do that and he'd take me through um with some really good uh, examples usually of in his experience, what's happened and why it's happened, so I can appreciate that. And and and, and on the on the flip side as well, uh, I'll do the same for, for Andy. So it, it it's fostered because we're both sitting in the same team, um, and that's worked really well so far. 
I love that. And I love that you have that empathy for each other in a sense of you can lean on each other to, to fully understand a situation. Because I know when it comes to governance, it can be a bit of a sensitive topic because, uh, you know, we, we've covered it extensively on, on the podcast that they can be seen as the department of no, the ones that are putting barriers up to innovation and can be kind of the, the people that you don't really want to have conversations with because, you know, it's going to be a negative one. So to hear that you actually have such a positive relationship with your head of data governance and then what that has enabled you to do is is really exciting and i think there's going to be many people in our in our listenership who are who are jotting down notes key thing being start within a couple of weeks of your head of data governance it would seem so that you're you're both in the deep end together but um what what would be your advice to to those listening who want to develop a similar relationship with their key stakeholders with their team members what what's your kind of key thoughts there i suppose it's that understanding and, and it's 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 the point i made to, i think to answer the first question you asked about you know going a mile going a mile in their shoes mm. understanding their challenges and what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it now what what works well data strategy and, and and data governance is i understand the data governance element as well as part of my strategic uh tasks um but but andy also ha has the same so it's it's really important and, and we work as part of a team so we're in the same team we have an, an offense and a defense, you know, so it's like, okay, data, data governance is, is that, okay, defensively, what do we need to protect? What do we need to look after? How do we need to secure it? And then on the, on the offense, on the attack, I'm like, okay, well, this is the data and this is what we need to look at to uh, identify opportunities and add value for the business. Amazing. Now, uh, as we start to kind of wrap up the episode here, Alwyn, something I am keen to, to, to ask you about, which is slightly left a field for, for the topic here today, but I, I'm always keen to ask guests this who have similar backgrounds to you, where you've gone from a very heavily uh, regulated industry of financial services to now finding yourself uh, where you are currently probably a little bit less regulated and a little bit more freedom, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume. How does that impact what we've spoken about today with innovation, with um, getting people bought in um, and, and those sorts of relationships? Do you think it impacts depending on which industry you're in or is it m many, many, many times the same sort of story, just slightly different depending on the industry? Um, it's probably both, Catherine. I think that coming from financial services, very regulated, obviously the compliance and the data governance was, mm -hmm. it was something vitally important uh, and you had to uh, dodge uh, or ensure you don't fall foul of any of the financial services uh, compliance. I think with where I've moved to then with, with Mazda and, and with the Financial Times, you, do, you don't have that same governance, but you still have compliance. You still have, you know, internal, and it's really important to govern yourself uh, in, in, uh, from, from within, as opposed to just be dependent and influenced from uh, external governance. And, and, it, and it's something which we hear a lot of talk uh, about with AI, the ethics, what should we do? What shouldn't we do? How far should we go? Um, and, and, and that's something for me is, is really important. Again, I, I care about people uh, and I want to help people, be them friends, be them colleagues, be them uh, graduates who work for me. Well, 
how do they develop and how do we all develop is really important and something I'm passionate about. So it's how do we govern ourselves so, so we don't overstep the mark, overstep the, uh, the, the line and, and where does that line sit? So we have an opportunity, um, all businesses have customers, how you ensure you're looking after the customer, treating customers fairly or something which is in the financial services. And it's, it, that, that was something I, I really, uh, I thought was really powerful and really strong. And it, it was guide, guidelines provided, but it, it, for me, it's the same everywhere. You know, it's treating people correctly, be me in a coffee shop or a pub or, an, you know, going down, down to the rugby club, then, you know, you, you've got to treat everybody equally and the same. And, and that's why, um, I think there's a bit more freedom for me in my current role, but it's understanding, well, actually, you know, they are a customer and they have rights and you need to respect that. And, you know, the Financial Times very much respects the, the customer and, and, and their rights. So um, we have that internal guidelines and compliance to make sure that that is uh, adhered to. So we don't have the external, but we have our own internal um, compliance and governances, I think. Um, but it does allow an opportunity to probably be more innovative and challenge, could we, should we, uh, and, and then how do we enrich our data? So what are the opportunities? But it's also, okay, well, let's keep in mind, and with my relationship with, with the head of data governance, with Andy, it's like, well, what, what, what's your take on this? Uh, and he might go, no, that, that, that's fine. Actually, we, we, we should not do that, and that's not right. So then we'll have the conversation and we'll go from there. Yeah, and it, it kind of links then back to, to why fostering that relationship and why I really wanted to, to talk about that particular example, because I, I very much think that industries like where you find yourself now, I, I, I often picture it, whether it's a correct visual or not, but it's just the way my mind works. A group of people stood around a whiteboard with a marker in their hand, putting the line physically there and saying, that is our line. And then having everyone around to say, you know, is that the correct position for it? Whereas, you know, as you were mentioning somewhere like the financial services, that line is determined for them, you know, that whether it's right or wrong for, for uh, that, that debate can, can continue to, to another episode. But uh, the fact that you guys are very much in charge of, of, of that line makes the collaboration with data governance, makes that people focused attitude so much more important. And I think it really frames us nicely for the end of the episode. But I always finish on the same question for every episode, Arwen, which is if you could pick one or two key messages from the episode we've had here that you'd love our audience to and our listeners to go away and think about for the rest of their day, what would it be? Uh, I think the key message is uh, pe people have the answer. Um, now, it mightn't be immediately available, so you need to work with them, need to understand them and need to uh, probe you know, it's the, it's the ask why five times, why, 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 why. So that, that's really important for me that the people have the answer. Um, and, you know, what, what I do and what I hope I do is facilitate to get to that answer and bringing people together so they can jointly come to that answer. So, so, so that's really important that people have the answer. And um, the, it's, the, it's the intuition or the understanding of the data and, and you mentioned storytelling it's how does the business story tell it's, it's how do they understand and play it back and it's really important for me when I, when I, when I talk to people in diverse teams as you've said you know be them in finance be them in marketing uh, what do they what do they understand what what 
how do they play back to me? And I can go, okay, now I understand to understand where you're coming from. Um, because that's that's really important, you know, as I said earlier on in, in, in the podcast, you know, understand them so they can understand you and you can both work together on how we move forwards. Amazing. Oh, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Catherine. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.